Hi, I'm William Stewart, co-founder of Telios. Welcome back to this podcast on the major themes of scripture. What a great study. This is a study where we <clears throat> take scripture from all over the apostolic epistles and bring them together by themes. So you know how to think about God. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know how to think about Christ and the Holy Spirit and your salvation and the Christian life. So one aspect of Christian learning and education, which is so important, is a verse-by-verse study of Scripture, so you know what's in each book. But a second aspect is this thematic study, where we bring all the Scripture together in the themes. So you know how to think about God for yourself, but you can also speak in those themes to help other people understand God as well. So we've covered so far the, the basic gospel. Uh, we've talked about the salvation process and <clears throat> the chronology of our salvation from the beginning of time to the end of time. We should have started that process. We most recently talked about the positions we have in Christ <clears throat> that come from the fact that we've been saved by grace through faith alone. And these positions are immutable. And we're going to stop here then. We're going to talk about uh, those four positions, I, I indicated that they're important because they help us know that we have security in our salvation as a born-again believer. But we're going to stop this session, in this session, and talk about security in a, in a general way. Begin well, at least three episodes on this. It's so important. Why is it? Well, when we've Acknowledge that Christ died and resurrected for our sins and to give us eternal life. We've acknowledged that by faith and we've become a believer. Then the next step really in that process is to understand that that salvation is secure. This is emphasized in 1 Thessalonians 1 verses 5 to 7 where Paul is recounting with joy how the Thessalonians received the gospel. And they were first saved by grace and then they were assured and then they went out and lived the Christian life. Why is that assurance so important? Well, it's because, uh, think of marriage. You know, if you married somebody and you were fearful uh, that they would uh, leave you or step out on you and have an adulterous affair, you didn't know when you came home at night from a hard day's work whether she or he would reject you or love you, what sort of a basis of trust and closeness is that? Well, it's not. We, in, in, as in a marriage relationship, need complete devotion and acceptance and commitment from that other person. If we're going to share our lives in openness and confidence and build a family together and build a ministry together and build savings together and investments, own a home, if you can't have confidence in another person, what joy is there? What trust? How can you build on that? Well, as you may know, that marriage symbolizes the relationship between Christ and the church. <clears throat> God made us. He knows what's good for us. We have to have confidence in that close relationship with him to grow in our faith and to go and serve. So, yes, the, uh, our salvation is secure when we receive it by faith. Over the next few episodes, we're going to go through six basic arguments on why that is. 
and we're going to cover two today, beginning with direct statements. Okay, number one, and of, uh, of the six arguments, direct statements, 1 Peter 1, 4 to 5, and I'll read it from the King James, and it should be appearing on your screen. To an inheritance incorruptible <clears throat> and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. <clears throat> so it's it's guarded. It's like we're in a castle. Uh, nobody can get in, and in a sense, we can't get out. We can't give our salvation away, and nobody can come in and take it. It's kept for us, unstained, undefiled, till the last time. Wow, what a promise. John 10, 29 and 30, that Christ says, My Father which gave them to me, those that he had chosen, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Christ says in the same <clears throat> passage, nobody can pluck uh, the chosen out of his hand. So we're firmly in the grip of Christ. We're firmly in the, in the grip of God. First John 5, 10 to 13, really the, the theme of First John is to know that you have salvation. So, and there's some tests in the book that, that tell you that, to give you confidence. So he says at the end, he that believeth on the Son of God hath to witness in himself. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, given, it's by grace. And this is in his Son. These things I've written to you, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Another key passage is Romans 8, 28 to 39, and I'll just read part of it. Very important. For whom he foreknew, this is God, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, Moreover, who he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. Who he justified, he also glorifies. Glorified. He ends this passage, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ. So you can see here where he has the process all in his hand. If he's chosen us, which is born again believers he has, he carries through the whole process of salvation to our glorification with him at the end times. Nothing can separate us from this love that he's given us through the death on the cross. It says also in the passage, nobody can lay a claim against us because of Jesus Christ, the righteous. Okay, these are direct statements. Now, let's then go back and review what we covered the last time. And these are the positions, last two episodes, actually. So it's a, a good time to review because, again, these are so important to know that we have salvation. So the first one is that we're a new person, spiritual baptism, which means identification that we're identified with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that we're, we're that new person then uh, cannot be undone. There's no scripture that says, gee, if you do one too many sins, God's going to kill the new person in Christ 
and resurrect that old person. Uh, sounds like a terrible uh, type B horror movie. It's just not in scripture. So morphologically, somebody new that is permanent. We have the Holy Spirit. That's a seal. And, and we talked about how that seal reflects the, the signet ring of the king back then. It's, it's not like a, a seal that we think uh, just a plain seal today. But a king would take wax, pour it on a document, place his signet seal on it, and bind it legally. So we are bound legally by the Holy Spirit to the day of our redemption. So spiritual baptism is talked about primarily or in a number of places, but the main passage is Romans 6, uh, 2 to 10. And then the sealing is in three passages, but Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 is, is a good one to look at. Number three, we're adopted. So the fact that when we're saved by grace, he adopts us into his family. So again, once somebody is adopted in most cultures today, and certainly in the Greek or Roman times, that can't be undone. That's a legal binding. The adopted child has all the rights and privileges of the natural born child. Ephesians 1, 5 is a good verse for this. We're justified. And again, hidden, again, this is the importance of, of knowing the Greek word, sort of hidden in the Greek word, the chaos, for justification which is, is nicely reflected in Romans 3, uh, 24 to 26, is the fact that it's a legal justification from the root word in Greek, tiki, which still it means lawsuit and, and other things today, even in modern Greek. So it's over 3,000 years or 2,500 years, it's maintained this inference of a legal <clears throat> justification. Like somebody has charged you with a crime, you're dragged into court, the evidence is heard, uh, and you're found innocent. And once you're found innocent of that crime, <clears throat> you can't be charged again. That's called double jeopardy. There is no double jeopardy in Christianity, and it was true back in the Greek or Roman times as well. So <clears throat> we are legally <clears throat> innocent before God for all our sins, past present, and future. Okay, so let's review these. So we're God's possession by the sealing of the Holy Spirit. We're legally adopted. Uh, we are legally innocent. And morphologically, <clears throat> we are a brand new person. There are other aspects. One other which is important, we are placed in the church by the Holy Spirit. Nothing can take us out of the church. All right, so we've covered some very important points today. These four uh, positions, we've reviewed these from past weeks, and the fact that we're in the church, and the direct statements by the Bible to us that a born-again believer is permanently saved. Okay, please join us the next time. We'll take several more, at least, of these six arguments about why we're secure in our salvation is that security that gives us the confidence in our relationship with God that we can go out and serve and love others because we know that God has our back. Thanks for joining me today. Hope this uh, 
time was helpful, uh, please visit the um, website for this podcast. Read the disclaimer. Uh, just if you have questions, there's a way to do that or comments. We'd love to hear from you. We'll try to answer questions if we receive some that we can might further help you. Uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye for now.